Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price.
who are motivated by their naivety, by their lack of knowledge. And so, and when you think about it, and, and I love this, emulation means envious, contentious, rivalry, and jealousy. Isn't that something? So you don't know what these things mean. So you think that, well, I don't understand a word, so I'm not obligated to it. Yeah, you do. You're, you should look it up. You look up everything else you want. Okay? Strife, sedition. I mean, I really appreciate that. And heresy. And heresy is very important. It says, teachings or opinions that differ with the established religious beliefs greet bodies of men following their own tenets, sex, party, dissensions arising from diversity of opinion and aims. And you know, Satan got you really good so that you don't have to worry about rethinking your views because what is his favorite statement? And then he always says what? Be open-minded. Agree to disagree. That's a demonic thing. Because God said, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So somewhere along the line, there's a contradiction. We're just going to agree to disagree. You might have to do that in carrying out your earthly duty, but you should not internalize and assimilate that, that, that theory or that principle of philosophy. Because if we agree to disagree, then we're never going to come into accord. So what we do is then we go into divisions and we dissect the, 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 the points of disagreement and just settle on the one thing we can get along with. But if you want to achieve a goal in the end, that's fine. But don't act as if you don't recognize that you're dealing with an opposer and it's going to happen a lot. And so, and then he says, envious. God is hot. Envy must be the, uh, the, the, the cornerstone, the pinnacle of Satan's invasion and perversion. Murders, drunkenness, revelings, revelings in the party life. You know the club every week? That's revelings. So y'all didn't know what that was. Uh-huh. I could do secular music. I could hit it on Saturday and play it on Sunday. Revelings are noisy things, loud merrymaking, or any kind of disorderly or immoral festival. Based on intense desires. You're like, well, I just have to go to my friend's party. Really? Now I don't have a problem. You feel like you need to go because that's something that you and God have worked out, that's fine. But see, when you sit in a seat of authority, you've got to maintain the code. Despite what people decide to do with it when they want to turn it into conduct. You've got to maintain the code. That is our job. Yeah, I mean, a lot of y'all ministers, you are sitting here saying, well, you know, God loves everybody. Just because God loves everybody doesn't mean you want to live with them. You love a lot of people. You do not want to live with them. Am I doing it or what? <laughs> and so he says, and in Paul ends, he says, which I tell you beforehand, just as also to, I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, here again, we think we're talking punishment. It's not punishment. 
It really isn't. I know it sounds that way. When you mean I can't go to heaven if I like to party, I can't go to heaven if I like to do this or that, this is not punishment. This is literally the law of the customs of God's kingdom. God, this is God's custom. And he's saying you can't pass my custom if you live your life according to the works of the darkness or the way of this world. He said it is not about me being angry with you or not, because God said he's angry with sinners all day long anyway. But it's not about him being angry. It, it has everything to do with how the darkness distorts you and how it perverts you, how it tears down your soul how it contaminates you, and it turns you into the image and likeness of the devil that has promoted. And God ain't letting devils back in heaven. Remember, he did that with Adam. Satan got into Adam and knew he was chewing. He did not expect God to kick Adam out of the garden and then put those two cherubims in his former co-workers. And he knew he couldn't beat him. He knew he couldn't bypass him. So he had to live Adam's punishment as Adam lived his. This is arming you for eternal life. Equipping and arming. The Bible says lay hold of eternal life. I'm teaching you how to lay hold of eternal life. So when we look at When we look at 1 Corinthians 10, 14, Paul is very clear. Now, in the Corinthians, you need to study the Corinthians. This was some good counsel. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And, when, and, and, and here's the thing, especially sexual idolatry, because sexual idolatry is the only one that you can't wash off, you can't detox. It is the one that enters your body and becomes part of your physiological makeup because that is its purpose. You understand that God, you know, because a lot of saints get saved, and especially a lot of women get saved, and, you know, you tell your husband, I'm saying, honey, we can't have sex anymore. Yeah, you better. You better. Because even in Hebrews, he said, if you separate yourself for prayer and fasting, you can come back together again. Let's say you take tempted because you are built to maintain your marriage and sustain your affection and your bond with your spouse through that. Periodically, now and again, some. You know, some of y'all, it'd be like seven months. Ain't So unless, unless you're living by divine edict or divine command, because people do, you got to join the army, you know, you got to go overseas, you, God will send you to the mission field, that happens. But you understand that he puts a seal on that thing to protect it and comfort. Because he knows that Satan's going to tempt. And he always going to tempt with something that he's already got infected. You know, you know, I mean, come on, sexual infections come from demonic infestation. You done had so many people and whatnot, you don't know what devil was sick and what devil was sick with what. 
So these are the things that I meant when I talked to you the other day in Mapaka about the, malign- the malignancy that is meant to dissemble Christ's church and abolish Christianity. Christianity is not ever going to go away, but you can be totally punished and pummeled by it if you don't want to stand in the faith. You cannot, how can Satan cast out death? Satan, you can't walk around, been to the party life, switching sexual partners, taking drugs, being in all manner of uncleanness, and you want to talk about God healing. You get a disease, but Lord, I'm your child. You, well, you were supposed to be this child when you were acting like you were Satan's kid. And then you want to say, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't know. And you know, God's so good, he'll give you once, he'll give you twice. By the time you get to the third time, he's done. And you go into your grave. And you're going to go up here. God is a gracious God. So he'll, he'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You're dumb. You didn't know. Yeah, he'll give you the benefit of the doubt. He'll give it to you. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't understand what I really did, the grace that I have given you, the mercy that I had on you. But by the time you get to the third time, God is going to say, have at it. See, God, listen, Peter picked at Jesus a whole lot before Jesus said, Satan, go work it out for me. Go sister. There are times that God won't heal you because he doesn't want that sin to go into the afterlife with you because he knows it's a different level of judgment and condemnation. Can I say it like that? Come on, Tim. Well, that's why he told, what did he say to Timothy? The reason Timothy didn't get healed, he said because some men's sins are clearly seen on this side, and God wanted Timothy, the reason Timothy had that stomach ailment handle on this side. So all he would enter into was a reward, and not a judgment against his his reward, where it would be diminished by what was not resolved on this side. So if God wants you to have the fullness, he's going to put you through the fullness. Y'all with me on this? You might come on over, baby. I got my eye This is God's issue. This church is overrun with psychological warfare, religious environment, embarrassment, shame of faith, ridicule, ridicule of its God and founder, mock and mem- mocking and mimicry against his redemption. Yeah, you say. And we said, oh, well, I mean, I'm not really saying. I mean, you know, it's not like a real saying. Say it to me. If you know I'm saved, then you know you're lost. See, I'm not I'm not gonna let the devil have the land for his narrative is not going to rule my redemption. Theological challenge, internal doctrinal wrestling and liberating libertinism. These all converge to marginalize Christianity with the intent of demolishing it. Is that nice? Battlefield, any religion but Jesus Christ. Well, we're not a religion, so we're all right. We're a body of redeemed citizens of eternal life. We existed in Christ before the foundation of the world. We were part of God's eternal citizens. Adam was not made in this world. He was made for us, but he wasn't made in it. So we have this whole thing that the enemy is doing to destroy us, to take us out. And he would 
if God didn't have folks like me and thee and you who are following who said we're not going out like this and we're not taking down any longer because we, listen to me, we know that we move the devil, the people are susceptible to whatever God wants. Now, some of them are just wicked in their own makeup because we do have the Jews at home. But he was only one of 20. And that's what you do. You stop allowing them. Well, they're calling and they're calling things by all of these devil names. And they're calling, am I getting God? But we, we, and we, we just listen to them. Uh-uh. Send those devils home. Send them to the abyss. Disengage them from their host. Stop walking around saying, what can you do? Send them home. When I teach my prototypic class, I will show you how to get this thing going. Oh, you know, the devil keeps showing up in my house. That's because he knows that you're too scared to do anything about it. You'd rather pretend you isn't there or pretend it is God's responsibility. That's your fault. <laughs> That's your fault. God got rid of us out of heaven. Because Christianity became a world power for a reason. And if it became that power without the wisdom of keeping that which was entrusted to them, the people did not have that wisdom. And a lot of wisdom they couldn't have because the, the technology that made what God wrote make sense has yet to exist. So I need you to think differently. Stop acting like that. Stop going and watching the good witch. Why are y'all watching this stuff? I'm going to watch the good witch. And it's not even good to her. Look at the first episode and look at it now. How good is good? Huh? <laughs> Why are you watching this nonsense? Well, I'm watching evil. I'm watching sci-fi. I wonder why devil's showing up. Are you kidding? You're hosting them. You're insane. They come with the popcorn. But you've got to decide. You're either going to be an offspring of the Godhead and a genuine Godhead king and priest, or you're going to go back to slumming in the world. Now, I'm going to tell you, our job is to love them. But just because you love them doesn't mean you have to learn them. And just because you love them doesn't mean you have to live with them. You share the gospel. You share the love of Jesus Christ. And just because you share Christ's love doesn't mean that they, you have to accept their reciprocation of their God's love. Mm-hmm. I love you in Jesus. Oh, yes, I do. I love them. I'm telling you I do. And I, I, I go in restaurants now. There are times in restaurants I have to stop myself because I get the word of the Lord and almost two-thirds of the people in the restaurant. I know them. And I have to stop myself because they'll tell you. I was in a restaurant the other, other night, and they had this table right behind me, and this woman's spirit was talking, I mean, talking to me. And so I said, I was getting ready to leave, and then I just said, Lord, you know, I'm going to have to do this. I turned around and said, can I talk to you? And she said, yes, yes, you can. And we went off to the side, and I told her, this is what the Lord says about you. Let me tell you something. Just because people are in something, there are a lot of people that haven't chosen Jesus, but they do choose life, and they do choose prosperity, and they do choose success, and they do choose higher power. And I rolled on that. And I said, the Lord says to tell you that it is time for you to go back to your bottom drawer and pull out that vision 
because we thought we would use you as entrepreneurship. You have an entrepreneurial venture that you set aside, and God said, it's now is the time for it. Go in there and get that venture. Write a business plan and go start shopping for money. She grabbed me in a restaurant and hugged me because she knew she heard. And I said it to her like this. I'm Dr. Paula Price. I am the author of the Prophet's Dictionary, and the Lord wanted you to know what your future is. And I've done it over and over. Sure. Good. Just get it. Come on, get a good one. You want something? Else? Because they don't know. I said, I'm not just doing the elevator. God gave the man a word. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sorry. Look, I don't go over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> gave, gave the man a word from the first to the second floor. Listen to this. Yeah. And reinforce it. Yeah, because he said, but yeah, I tried. No, uh-uh, don't try. I said to him, God's going to give you, because I said, this morning, he's a doctor. I said, God's going to give you a miracle. I said, and he said, don't go back this time. Well, I tried. No, no, no. You're going to get a miracle. And your doctor's going to know it. And don't you go back to the life that made you sick. He said, well, I got a five-year-old daughter. I've got to get it right. Well, then you better remember that because God's going to give you a miracle. Mm-hmm. He's going to kill you. He's like, man, just this. With his dog. Uh-huh. I was like, yes. And so, I, and, and now before, I wouldn't have thought about that. I said, but are you kidding? There are times that if we don't, if we are not the star of the earth and sprinkle ourselves everywhere, people won't hear that because churches aren't having prophets talk like that. So they can't go. There is no prophet this or that where they can go. They hope they can put something out on Facebook. Would you please give me a word? They hope that they can do this or that. And I'm like, but no, I'm telling you, wherever God is taking this thing, we walk in, the, I walk into a restaurant, and I know that. I was sitting at a table of, 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 of African-American women that were sorority, and, and I looked at God, and I knew everything about them, all of their hopes. And I'll tell you the truth. I was I wanted to minister to him. He said, they're not ready. I have to do some more work and get them ready. So this is for someone else to do. You should know that, too. Just because you know, just because you see, doesn't mean you say. Okay, who's going first? The blue or the plain? <laughs> All the highlights. Okay, highlights. Highlights, okay. Don't you get too much? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love what you talked about earlier about um, being born to a profession versus being trained. That's a really hot topic in the leadership realm right now. You mm-hmm. know, can you actually okay. make a leader? Mm-hmm. You know, or do you really have to be born? But I love the comment that you made about you can make a leader, but the leaders that you call on in the crisis are those that are natural leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you've always talked about how leaders reveal themselves um, and show themselves, and they prove themselves. Even a lot of times leaders prove themselves before you ever give them the title of leader, they're proving themselves. So I thought that was really powerful. Christ well, people have to have potential. potential. I mean, you, you can't just have a prophet. Right. You have potential. Huh. So that was really powerful. Okay. Um, that the born cannot quit and that the not born can't stay. Yeah. Because, the, I mean, because when they go and give up, you know, I'm called to something else. Oh, I got to leave. This is too much. My family doesn't like it. Da, 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 da. When you're really called, your family can't stop you. Because your family is going to have to understand, baby, this is the direction we're going. 
This is what God said. This is my destiny. This is my purpose. This is my calling. Which is why you need to laugh at people who are compatible or consistent with that. Okay. Uh, I love how you talked about uh, that a pure church is a potent church. Because uh, we, we don't we, we look at all churches as equal, right? As the same. But um, looking just at the church on the outside, you have to look at what is that church able to manifest. You talked about that one that you could tell the the caliber of a church by looking at the the quality of the people in the church, in the church. versus us just looking at church. The way we look at churches, we just kind of look at numbers usually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the church is large. Then we're like, man, that church mm-hmm. is successful. Like God is favoring that church. And we don't take a deeper look to the nature of the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like how how many unwed mothers in the church, you know, how much fornication is happening, how much homosexuality is in the pew, we have a lot of that too. How much addiction is in the pew? How much addiction is in the pew? How many marriages are suffering with abuse? See, we look at the, we look at the garments, whether they are elegant or whether they're casual, but you're right. Uh-uh, you going to know, because the people, and how often the power of God shows up. Your pastor, your pastor that got in once a year on Christmas or New Year's. Okay, three times if we had resurrection time. But, so he lets you, let, let the Lord, but the people don't know God. Talk to the people. They can talk about how much fun they have in the church, but can't tell you what they're doing with God. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, lastly, I mean, so many things, but you also, I wonder if you have a lot of I know, I know. I have, um, <laughs> well, this, I mean, I know, well, because I can't sing along. But the, uh, you talked about it. Okay. Liberty versus libertinism. I wonder if you'd elaborate a little bit more on that one because we're seeing a lot, especially in the millennial generation, mm-hmm. young women ministers raising up. It, what I would say, goddesses after their own kind. Yes. 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 So we have that. That's, that's a huge thing. I was just talking with a young lady about that this morning. We were talking about how it's so difficult to find young women's events that are not so worldly. Like they're coming in the name of Christianity. You have like young women preachers, um, but they're bringing a lot of that worldliness with them, and they're they're replicating after their own kind, raising up other young women who are just as worldly as they are, and they're buying into this whole concept that you don't have to be such and such to be a woman of God anymore. So I wonder if you would speak to that because that is something that I think young women are really dealing with with the leadership over us. Well, first of all, let's talk about what God. Because if you're going to tell me that it's the God and Father of Jesus Christ, I need you to go to Scripture and tell me, because that's the only way you're going to find Jesus, is in Scripture. Now, if you're finding him in other people's books, etc., then that's another God. Jesus said that there would be many false Christs, which means there will be many false Christianity. There are a lot of people that are like that. That's number one. And number two, when they say that, you know, you don't have to do that to be a woman of God. Uh, my issue is that if you're moving in nudity, God cursed nudity. If you're moving and in modesty, he, our God, the God that you're telling me, because see, that, trust me, the woman is dressing like that, Jesus is not her God. She's pimping Jesus. Come on now. Because he's not her God. But she wants to follow him. Because she, either somebody raised her up yeah. to be a whore, because the Bible calls that in Proverbs 7, the attire of a whore, a harlot, a prostitute. Look it up. So we are, you, you're walking around here dressed like a prostitute talking about his Jesus. That can't be. But if you take, I tell you, take out a people by first taking out their education. You take out their education by first taking out their information. And so we took you from the Bible. I didn't because I ain't. I, I told you I was in your cult. I know that stuff. I promise you. I know these are dope. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like Satan knew them cherubim. Yeah. I know these are dope. 
And so the, the, the women who are putting on these events, they are not serving Jesus Christ. They have served a fantasy and image that they received from somebody else who has cut covenant with darkness. Because whorewell is whorewell. Now, if you're looking like the whore and the whore looking like the whore, what's the difference? Whore is, a, I didn't mess it up. Isn't it in the Bible? It's in Scripture. So a lot of y'all are like, I don't know what you're talking That's religious. If you're not in the Bible, then you might not be religious, but it also means you're not redeemed. Because we are the redeemed of the Lord, and we say so. We say so regularly. We are the redeemed citizens of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if your whoreware can't make it in heaven, you ought not to have it on his altar. And it's whoreware. That's why you're wearing it. Body kind? Why are you walking around with your hat with, 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 uh, wearing body sheets so that somebody can look at your whatever? Because you are a fertility spirit. You are bound by a fertility spirit. And say, I don't have a problem telling you. I really don't. Most of my friends I started out with, you know, I cut up. They don't even talk to me. They're gone. They ain't even laying with me. They ain't talking here. Because they're like, that's me. I'm like, you're a whore. If it's a whore on the street corner, then it's a whore in the pulpit. And that's a whorish attire, and you're leading God's people to hell, calling it liberty. It's hedonism. And you need to look up hedonism. Because you're hedonist. And you're all about working with any spirit but the spirit of Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost did not fit that outfit. I'm telling you, he did. You cannot tell me. Now, and I want to say something because I did forget to say something. And then we're going to let you talk. But I want you to understand. I want you to understand. The reason idolatry is pagan and polytheistic and pantheistic is because all idolatry is based on billions. Billions of fallen angels. And we needed enough of them. You know, when we did that thing on Sunday about God dividing. I'm going to try to find this time. I'm going to try. It can happen. Well, while she's saying that, I'm so glad you brought that up, Prophetia, because I saw a promo video of somebody having a women's whatever. And I looked at it. And I thought, well, I know this isn't godly, even though you are a minister in a huge ministry. Mm-hmm. Scripture, faith, but everything with you age, the uh, branding, the whole thing, the look, the whatever, and just people flocking. And I thought, you know what? We do have a, a, a real job to do with sifting out the wheat and the tares yeah. growing up together. And they close. Because even when you don't have this level of revelation, there is something on the inside of you, as we say. Mm-hmm. That Holy Ghost on the inside of you was like, ah. <clears throat> I mean, there were so many things that I never jumped into. Crowd fault, the whole knock, this and stuff. Ah. Mm. I don't know. It just makes you uneasy. You don't, you're not excited about it. If you go, you go with reservation because maybe your friends were like, oh, come on, come on, give me. And all your church friends are going together, and, and so you try it out, but the whole time you're there, you're like, something about this just isn't right. Mm-hmm. And once you come to, you know, you, you know, be somebody like you have an encounter. Yeah, you just affirmation. Yes, you find out, oh, that's why I felt that way. That's why 
out of even nausea in those environments and, and praise and worship is going on. You're like, I oh, know, just something about this just isn't right. It just isn't right. And, uh, you know, you were um, talking about that earlier mm-hmm. and, and the false Christ yeah. and the false salvation. Because we don't want to say that. <laughs> because if we say that, then the people who are unsure of their own salvation will just say it. And I think it's, it's always dangerous if you teach us why we have to be loyal to Christ before we're loyal to race or gender or things like that. Anytime, or culture, anytime we see somebody that we consider to be the underdog or, you know, they're finally having their day, finally having their moment, God is finally blessing them, then it's just like, yes, this has to be mm-hmm. God because, you know, for the kind of like the reasons you talked about before when, well, there's no way that Trump could be put in office because God would never do that to black people. Black people. Like, that's his only problem. You know, or no, 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 it's got to be this because this is what is, and, and it's our time, and, and never thinking about, and you said this in the beginning, that, oh, goodness, you said that we, we don't know God's issues because we're preached our issues. Our family, our kids, our money, our whatever. And you really do have to wake up and realize, when was the last time my minister preached God's issue? When was the last time? We were told he didn't have any. That's right. He got your ever right now. That's the ritual. Right now. But I want to say this because this is so important. Um, I want everybody to understand Deuteronomy 30. Now, you will get two different perspectives, and I'm going to, when I start doing telegram, we will do it. We'll talk about it. But um, Deuteronomy 32.8. Now, there, several people will say the sons of Israel, when God divided the earth according to the sons of Israel. I couldn't find that slide, but I found passage. And it says, Deuteronomy 32.8, this is Moses. When the Most High divided the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, I mean, he separated humans. And what do you, you know, separate us from each other? He set the boundaries of the nation. That separation created the nation according to the number of the angels of God. Now, you have a lot of people say the sons of Israel, the sons of God, or the sons of Israel. But the pro- my problem with that conclusion is that Israel didn't exist. Oh, sure, at that time. And this is why there's polytheism. Huh. This is, explains it. And then pantheism comes from everybody, every god staking claim over the nation is the god. We'll talk about that again next time. How are we doing today? Because, you know, I'm having fun. Yeah, five, four minutes. Four minutes. Yeah. So did you have one more thing to say? Because we sure are not. Oh, no, no. But you know what? Talk about the beginning. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she didn't give you the first. <laughs> <laughs> this first. 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 Okay, this last thought, when you said backsliding is being lonely for the devils that were cast out. Uh, that right there, I think we could have had a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we would have taken one right there. Does that mean that, does, does that, mean, sorry. Does that mean that residuals are still there, like that, that, that mm-hmm. has not been come? Completely cut out of the Well, it has to do, you're right, it does. But it has to do with the, the entity, the being being gone, but 
biologics are still there. And those are released by the word of God. That's why he said his newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Because there's no, the same word that told that devil leak is the same word that's going to clean up his leftovers. There's a new God. And then after deliverance, then my thought would be that wouldn't you have to, to change things, like change behaviors or patterns or conditioning or literal physical things that you used to do. Does that make sense? Because if, if the infrastructure is still there, it doesn't have to be completely weakened. It has to be snuffed out, if you will. So I just think that's interesting because we think of deliverance. We talked about the fact that deliverance is a process before because we always imagine deliverance just as that one thing. You know, they go to the altar, the preacher puts their hands on me and they cast the devil out of me and I'm done. Mm-hmm. But then that's what you're saying today would speak to the fact that there's more that has to be done after that part. Well, you have to become acclimated, acculturated to the divine nature of the Godhead that your new creation spirit put in Or you have to, if you aren't saved, you have to get saved after that deliverance so that you have the peacekeeping force of the Holy Ghost and the new creation. So what has to happen is that you, just like a, a baby is born into the planet, but they still have to go to school. They have to be taught. So education, it always comes right on the heels of a birth or a healing or deliverance. So you, you can, because you all those years, this person, this being has been working in you and disseminating you in secret. You don't even know who you are versus who it is. And so we treat uh, deliverance as a single event. It's kind of like the major injection you get for the flu when you go to the emergency room. And then you realize you still got to drink the water, you're going to take the medication, you still got it, you got it. And so you have to read through this, read through the word, because only the word that created your new creation spirit or that overpowered the, the spirit that was in you can make sure it doesn't come back. And eventually you'll start changing your behaviors because you respond with gratitude and with uh, prudence and caretaker to the deliverance that you got. I think it's time for us to decide. Time. Time. It's time for the offering. So Rachel's going to put on the screen for you the way that you can give today. You can give via Cash App, which the handle there is Dr. Paul Price, of course, with the dollar sign, if you're a Cash App user, or paypal.me slash Dr. Paul Price, and then you can indicate the amount that you'd like to give. And then you can also give the effect to give today, 918-203-6625. 918-203-6625 is a text to give us in three ways. Let's take a moment to give today, and as you're doing so, just continue to share this broadcast as well. So take those moments. Let's give today, Cash App, PayPal, or text to give. And I want to tell you, over the next couple of months, um, well, next several months, we are getting ready to shoot the second episode of Taking It On with Paula Price. By now, season, forget me, forget me, season, we haven't gotten an episode yet, season. And you all by now have heard what it is. So we're going to have, um, we're going to reach out to you for seed and fundraising and, and all of those sorts of things, a kind of a fundraiser, so that we can get everything we need to do the entire season and not just one or two episodes. So you'll just listen up and, and uh, see if that's something that you want to do. I think that 
by now you know this needs to go around the world. And by now you know that nobody is stopping me but the strongholds and the strong men. And you have to be the stronger man, the stronger person, the stronger warrior to defeat the barriers and the containment that has held this word hostage for so long. So be on the lookout because we will be raising funds for it and we have a ton of other information. Now I want to say something to you. I, 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 it's kind of, you know, I almost feel uncomfortable saying this because this is not my normal way. But I need you to understand that if you feel reluctant to sow to Dr. Friday or you feel that it's something that I love hearing her but you need to ask yourself, am I being restrained by the spirits attacking her? Am I being restrained by the spirit that Satan has commissioned to see to it that she doesn't go global, that she doesn't get on television, that she doesn't get it? You've got to be a warrior for me. Because, and you can't just assume you're going to have to, you're going to hear preachers. God says something to me that I am confiding in you because he confided it in me, but I feel like it needs to be said. I say, God, I've been trying to get on television. I've been trying to get this message out. We try to get, get you know, try to get dates or guest appearances, and we get false people promise me the world and give me silence. And so I was talking to God about it, and I'm sharing this with you. And if it's okay, then post and let me know if it's okay. And he said, Paula, great damage has been done to your credibility and your reputation because of the frankness of the truth that you tell about me. And because the enemy is terrified of you all getting enlightened, you think about the power and the enlightenment that you've gotten and the strength you've gotten from what I said. If you were Satan, wouldn't you want to lock it down to Facebook? Wouldn't you want to lock it down to YouTube? And so, and a lot of people, and a lot of folks who've gone before us, they're like, I don't want anybody to know I didn't know that. Oh, I don't want anybody to know that that's what influenced me. A lot of them, not all, a lot. But you have got to be my battle actor. And you're going to have to do battle with this devil for me. And you're going to have to do, do battle with this devil with me. And I've never said this before, but you have no idea. I have been shut out. Men have said all kinds of lies. They sat in dark rooms and told people, I'm telling you, you don't want to bring her in because she's too deep or she's not for your people. And people buy it without investigating. And so I'm saying to you, I'm asking you to, to help me build an apostleship war chest. I need a war chest because Satan keeps doing this because they don't have a war chest. And I need you to be a part of it because a lot of times, and then some of you all, well, I gave to so-and-so and it didn't work out. Well, you probably bought bad food. You can stop eating. Come on, forget the past and let's move in the future. I need you to help me break beyond because the devil thinks he has me. And he thinks he has got this thing sold up. And it's going to take you. You have contacts. You say, but I don't have money. Then you can do giving or you can go and raise funds with friends, but you got contacts. You have access. You have no idea. I stay here and every week, and I, I, I study for you all, but you have no idea how serious this devil is right. about me not getting on worldwide television and staying there. This thing is what, because I will be taken down to because there Because people like you will learn the truth will buy into the truth and will begin to take their place on the Lord's side. Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. 
He didn't say go to God, go to the priest, go to the temple. He said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. I need you all to help me fight. I need you all to help me build this war chest. You've never heard me say it. I've been on this air. I just started this year asking for funds. I've done all these years and didn't ask you for anything. You all, many of you all just love the word so. But this is serious times for us, for me, for the Lord Jesus Christ, for our nation, for the church, and for the kingdom. I need you to fight with me and help me build this war chest. That is what I wanted to say before we left. God bless you. See you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. How did they receive it from? Please, because you were looking.